When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by the man Reggie Geary, the defensive goat of Arizona basketball. And Reggie, did anything uh, anything happen for you this week, my guy? Oh well, yeah, it was a big uh, big week. First of all, Mike, thanks for having me on. It's always great. Of course, it's been a big week. Big week for the Geary family. Uh, uh, the Father's Day Council of Tucson awarded me as one of the recipients of the Fathers of the Year this year. So um, just a really humble and honor to receive it. It's for a great cause. Uh, the money, all the money that this uh, the council raises goes to the Steel Research Center for Type 1 Diabetes. And more importantly, it gave a chance for my sons to kind of rip at me uh, on stage. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, again, dude, congrats, man. It couldn't have gone to a more deserving recipient, my guy. Thank you. Right. All right. Let's talk about now that the U of A basketball roster is essentially set. I mean, got one more piece, obviously. But looking at this roster now, Reg, um, you're going to be looking at and I wanted to really get your take on the backcourt as well. Right now, you got you're going to have Kylan Boswell. You're going to have Jaden Bradley. And uh, we'll get to Pella Larson and Caleb Love. But I'm a big fan, and I grew up watching it, obviously, of having physical guards in the backcourt. I mean, heck, you look at it with Air, when the team you were on. You had two-point guards, essentially, in you and Damon. And you had, obviously, Khalid scoring as well, and that worked. I'm excited to see what these guys can bring from an offensive and a defensive perspective. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, even though the class came together, I guess a little bit late, we'll say, it looks like a really strong class in terms of the backcourt. You know, Kylan Boswell obviously is returning. Um, you know, we're looking for him to have a breakout year. Um, Jaden Bradley, you know, here's a guy who came out with a lot of acclaim out of high school, a high recruit, had a really good season for Alabama, first team. Right. All SEC freshman uh, has the ability to get downhill, likes to play at the rim. Um, I thought I saw maybe a, a stat where 64% of his shots come at the rim. Right. Uh, a. Lewis, another four-star kid out of um, out of Texas, I believe, 6'4", 205. Another guy likes to play downhill, likes to play in the open court. So uh, it's kind of a little bit of a flip. This past season we had, you know, Ramey and, and Kirk Creesa and some guys that really just kind of, it was either fast or female, all from the three. Now right. we're having four guys that have the ability to get to the rim. And I think that's so important. Get to the rim, you know, get your free throws, get you into the bonus. It's just an easier way of scoring. Well, yeah, and then, you know, offensively, like you just said, last year's team was so incumbent upon uh, the three-point shot. 
in that um, if it wasn't for the kind of the, the movement on the offense, the team generally wasn't going. There weren't a lot of penetrators on the team for, you know, Kerr was going to shoot threes. Ramey was going to shoot threes. Um, this year's team, you've got Boswell in there. And like you said, you got Jaden Bradley in there as well, who, like you said, I think there's kind of this misconception that he was buried on the bench at Alabama. First of all, Alabama was what, arguably the best team in the country last year. And he averaged six points, three assists, you know, 18 minutes per. I'm very excited to see what he can do as far as stressing that defense as well, because like we just talked about, you didn't really have penetrators like that last year. Yeah, like I said, I think he's a nice addition to the team. As you mentioned, he's coming from a big-time program, had a lot of expectations last year. So coming in here into this Arizona environment, I don't think it'll, it's not something that's going to shock him. And like I said, I think, um, like I said, he has that ability to get through him, has that size. Um, KJ as well. We haven't even talked about Caleb Love and what he brings to the dynamic. Right. Arizona has a lot of weapons once again. Well, all right, then let's talk Kylan Boswell, and then we're going to get to Caleb Love and uh, Pella Larson right there. Kylan Boswell, what do you expect from him this year, uh, going from that freshman to that sophomore year? What are you looking for from an offensive and a defensive perspective? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm a big Boswell fan. I just think um, he just comes every day with that workmanlike mentality, uh, whether it's practice or games, with great confidence, and he displayed that in, in the times he got minutes on the floor. So I'm expecting a little bit of a breakout season from him kind of as the lead guard, someone who um, is not afraid of the moment, um, who's looking to be maybe, you know, maybe if he's not the number one guy, but being, you know, 1B or, or second or third guy in terms of, uh, you know, shooting priority. But I'm looking for a breakout year. Defensively, I love him. Great ball. Body. Um, he's kind of a you know kind of a bulldog frame, right. but importantly, the nights that I saw him go against UCLA and Tiger Campbell or, or anybody for that matter, uh, he really took on. He, he liked to compete. He liked right. to go. Wanted to go against the best, and that's something you want to see out of your young guards. Yeah, and that's where I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. Reg, the thing that also surprised me, too, is how the three-point shot came around. I thought that, um, I'll be honest, I thought that, you know, first year in, maybe you shoot kind of in that, you know, that mid to low 30s. And lo and behold, by the end of the season, he was the best shooter on the team. Yeah, I mean, the kid plays with a lot of confidence. You know, I was most impressed with being a 17-year-old freshman last year. Right. Uh, never was – he never got sped up too, too much. Um, uh, he never really looked like he was overwhelmed. He looked very comfortable under the bright lights. And that, to me, that's those are all really good signs. Right. All right. Now, Caleb Love. Um, I'm of the belief a lot of people look at his percentages and whatnot. I think coming to Arizona, playing for Tommy Lloyd and the kind of offense they have, he's not going to be standing there dribbling the ball nine times with the defense just looking at him. Reg, I think he's going to be far more efficient here at the U of A. I, and honestly, I think that he is a he's a very welcome addition because Arizona didn't really have a player like him last year that could against top notch competition drop 30 from the perimeter. No, I'm in total agreement. I mean, uh, you know, he, he kind of fits that Ben Matherin mode, that right. guy who bucket getter who can just go out there and get you buckets when you need it. Last year really didn't have that. It was kind of by committee. Um, and so to bring him in this year, I think, yeah, you look at his percentages, not great. To your point, I think he takes a lot of tough shots. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in terms of just looking at his shot selection will be something to keep an eye on. But, you know, Tommy's going to free him up, really allow him to kind of be the guy he is. I mean, I've been on social media lately and, and watching his workouts. Right. Uh, I think like I said, I think he's a bucket getter. I think this is going to be a, a new breath of fresh air for him coming into a new program now where he kind of has the keys to a degree as being an upperclassman. And I think he, he, he could be a really exciting new addition. And when I look at anybody that can drop 30 in the final four, 
immediately to me comes in with a little bit of credit, obviously a little bit, a lot of credibility, obviously, because you played in the final four, Reg. That is a different animal entirely than anything else when all of college basketball is watching you and he was able to step up to the plate. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. He showed he could do it on the biggest stage. You know, his biggest his biggest question is, is not going to be his physical ability or his ability to score. For me, it's the buy-in. Is right. Tommy's, you know, preaching here not only on an offensive end but defensive end. You know, is he gonna, you know, is he gonna be willing to maybe sacrifice some shots on on occasion, or is he gonna double down? And so I think just it's for him, it's just gonna be the buy-in because we know the talent's there. Is being able to create a shot is that something that you're kind of born with? Can you really can you work can you work with it a little bit? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think creating a shot or for me, creating space, I think everyone has to figure that out within their own package offensively in terms of what they do. Um, for me, how was it for you? How was it for you? For me, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't play around with the ball a lot. I right. wasn't gonna, much. I was kind of a, you know, I would get, I, I want to get downhill with my shoulders and use my size to kind of either nudge you off. I like to spin off people, you know, so that's how I created space. Right. Um, um, you know, I, there, I had a couple little moves I could do from the outside, but that wasn't a big part of my game. I was a physical guard, and I wanted to I wanted to feel the defender on me. So, um, and in today's game, it's all about shot making. From you know, right you know, for sure, NBA, it's all about shot making, but even more so. So there's more emphasis on the uh, the player development nowadays, uh, which I enjoy doing. Of kind of teaching guys working within your package. How can we get you separation and space so you can get shots off? All right. Well, you were you played obviously with maybe the best in school history again. Their own shot at da- with Damon Stoudemire. You got to watch da- Damon obviously for the uh, almost for well, let's be honest, three of his four years here. Um, how was Damon? Obviously, Damon was quick. Damon could pull up from anywhere else. But how was Damon able to get? How was da- Damon just able to get basically wherever he wanted? Yeah, you know, Damon. I mean, we're talking about Damon Stoudemire here. I mean, I, I, in my mind, probably in the history of the NBA, probably one of the top five guys, six foot and under, you know, talking mm-hmm. about Tyler, Isaiah Thomas. You want to hear a fun fact, Reg? Yeah. He's the, he's the shortest guy in NBA history. I don't know if this is still true or not to make over a hundred million dollars in the NBA. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's saying something, especially back then when they weren't handing money out like they are now. Right. Um, he was just tremendous. He used his size to his advantage. He had great quickness. He had the ability to stop on a dime. Um, but he also did, just didn't shoot threes. If he got up on them, you know, he'd break you down and get it to the paint. So you really had to kind of pick your poison. And, and both both were bad, usually for the opponent, because he was so efficient and so good at what he did. All right. Now, Pella Larson now. I think Pella's going to – Pella's to me is fascinating, Reg, because I think he's going to be able to do a little bit of everything here in that he's going to be able to play the small forward. I also think in positions he's going to be able to play the four on maybe some smaller lineups because of how big and how physical he is. Um, we'll talk about him offensively, but I'd like to see Pella in contention there for that conference defensive player of the year. I know Tommy Lloyd's talked about that before. Pella has some real abilities to him. Break down what makes Pella such a good defender. Um, man, Pella, I mean, first of all, he's a lot bigger than what he looks. I think he had him at 6'5", 6'6", but he's a big 6'5", 6'6". Likes to use his physicality. Um, I thought he did a better job as the season went on earlier. He didn't seem really how to temper that. He was just kind of fouling. He would just be right. physical, foul trouble. I thought he got better at, um, with that as the season went on. Um, and he likes to compete. I remember Jaime Jaquez in the Pac-12 tournament. Right. I mean, he blocked him, shut him down, got right in his face, showed a little attitude, showed he had a little bit of fire. You know, he needs to do that night in, night out, and be that guy. Because as you mentioned, he does everything for the Cats. He scores a little bit. He rebounds. He gets assists. And I think this year we all should anticipate all those numbers creeping up just a little bit in every area. 
Offensively, what's Reggie Geary looking for from Pella Larson on the offensive side? Because we talked about it before. You thought that he could bump up his points a little bit and uh, get in there. What are you looking for? I, for me, it's just being in, just being in attack mode, being aggressive. He's one of our best slashers with that size. He's able to get contact and get to the free throw line. He can knock down the occasional three, and I'm sure he's in the gym right now shooting hundreds and thousands of threes right now, getting more uh, proficient from that from the three-point line. And so he's a guy who can kind of do it from a lot of different ways. And like as you mentioned, you can play him with the three. You can play him as a pickup out four. So – my thing is for him is when he's out there, it's a, it's to think of himself as a, as a high-end scorer, to be in attack mode, and to never take his foot off the gas. You know, last year's team was obviously, I mean, you get a two seed, you obviously are very good. Um, I feel that this year's perimeter, and again, this is no disrespect because all those other guys, listen, you're a two seed, you know what you're doing. I feel that there's more, uh, there's a better combination or uh, – yeah, the better combination, I think, of guys who could probably score the ball in a myriad of ways, along with defensively being able to pick it up. What say you? Yeah, no, I'm in agreement. I thought last year's team, you know, they were a little, they were a little one-dimensional. Yeah. You know? So they had some limitations offensively. We saw that when they had some long droughts throughout the season, um, where when they weren't shooting well for it from the three from the outside, then they didn't have that ability to get, once again, high-end shots or to the free throw line. Uh, it was just kind of like Zuda, Sabalas, and Bottle doing their right. thing. We'll get lucky from three. This year, many, much there's more options. Um, losing to Bellis is obviously a big loss, but it's probably going to open up the floor more. Now with only one post down there, I, I don't know if we're going to see as many high lows. Don't, don't quote right. me on but I think, um, you know, with, uh, you know, Keisha Johnson, Pella Larson at the four, maybe even Henry Basar, if he wants to extend his reins, it's going to open up the floor and we might see some more threes out of that position. All right, you mentioned Keshaw Johnson. Let's talk about him. This, to me, is the epitome of a player that you have to go beyond just his stats. I know he averaged 7-7 seven and seven at San Diego State, but you also got to remember, we talk about this, San Diego State runs a drastically different style of basketball than Arizona with Tommy Lloyd does. Um, I think those numbers from being able to run the court, being able to play the way that Arizona is structured, I think they go up maybe to somewhere in that 11-8. and eight. But more so than anything, I've always felt that the Arizona teams that were the best teams that I've seen here. I mean, heck, we could go with some of your teams where you had, you know, heck, your senior year where you had a Ben Davis or where you had, uh, you know, later on there was Michael Wright. We're always having kind of that physical six foot seven, six foot eight guy. I love having that because it gives you such position flexibility. No, it really does. And like I say, the way, uh, you know, Tommy Lloyd likes to play and, and kind of the system, we, the more ball handlers and guys you can stretch the floor with and who can create and run and get out in the break, the, I mean, it makes his offensive already dynamic even more so. And so I think Kishaw is really going to enjoy playing here. Um, as you mentioned, I think his numbers will go up. So, you know, I'm not looking for a huge jump, but, you know, if he, if he could add two or three points to go along with the maturity he's going to add to our team, some toughness. I've already had an opportunity to meet the young man once or twice. He's very respectful. So that maturity he's bringing with him um, from his four years at Samuel State is going to be very valuable to us. All right. We've got some questions here for Reggie here on the side. But real quick, Reggie, have you ever been to Circle K before? <laughs> Once or twice, yeah. All right, here, I'm going to get a read-in right here. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. And who knows, maybe you'll find C. Reggie Geary there from time to time. I mean, you defensive player of the year, father of the year, just saying.
You might see him there. Circle K, Reggie Geary. All right. Jesse Johnson says, in the portal NIL age, how would you attempt to inspire young players to identify with their defensive abilities? It's an interesting question. Yeah, you know, one thing I've always tried to stress with guys is, is, you know, offensively, you know, obviously everyone loves offensive end but defensively coaches love that and if you if you defend and defend well at a high level not only individually but as a team you, you find your way on the floor right so I, I tell guys hey you know it's not the sexy end um, but if you do it and do it well coaches seem to like you and they'll find your way and once you're out there guess what well, now you can score Right, for sure. Okay, so Kashaw Johnson. Then, what are you what are you looking for? Then, just as far as because I think there's going to be a lot of times, and we're going to get to Umar Ballo in a minute. But I think there's going to be quite a few times where you could have a lineup where you go small, and you've got uh, uh, Kylan Boswell, Caleb Love, Jaden Bradley, Pella Larson, and Kashaw Johnson right there. And again, it's going to be matchups uh, oriented, but he gives you he gives you something that Arizona didn't quite have last year at that point, especially from the athleticism strength perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing that you brought up there with maybe playing him at the five, playing very, very small. You know, Tommy's shown that, you know, over time he'll, he'll play small. He'll play very small, you know, depending on how the game is going. So I think that's something that's very interesting we can look at. You play that small, you can press, you can get into people. You really have a lot of flexibility there. Um, and so, you know, that ability to play big, where, whether it's Ballo and a Henry Vasar or one of the new freshmen coming in or, or playing uh, with a smaller lineup, you know, that kind of flexibility is going to make Arizona even more dangerous you know, going forward. All right. Umar Ballo, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When Umar came in, I thought it was going to be more of a, and this is no slight because he was very important on two teams right here. One that went to the final four and the other time, I thought he was going to have more of a Gene Edgerson role. You kind of come in there. Yeah. You got the bike knee pads on, you know, and you're, uh, you know, you're just being physical, getting some boards, but you know, he, he was 15 and eight last year. And I, Reg, I'll be honest. I did not see that. Um, what did you see from him and from, uh, from that first year here to that second year? And what do you want to see from him in that third year? Yeah. The great thing about Balo is he's, he, he's taking really big leaps, you know, every, every off season, every season, it seems. And he's very comfortable. You know, people don't realize he, he's a big guy. He's a yeah. big guy. He gets down on that post. He has soft hands. He has the ability to finish around the rim. You know, last year he he was at that, you know, that 14, 15 number. I thought that number could have been higher with more touches. Um, yeah. And so that he got more comfortable going against double teams. Very difficult to keep on an offensive glass. So he can be a little bit of a low-key problem and can give you that 16, but also explode and give you some nights in the 20s and double-doubles. So he's going to be an anchor for this Arizona team in the post. Um, he's going to get touches, and with touches, he's going to grow, grow, and grow, and that'll be good news for Arizona fans. I think the key to him is just being able to keep his balance and take his time because when he keeps his balance, like you said, he is so – people, unless you're next to him – you don't really understand just how large this guy is. I mean, he is the epitome of country strong, you know, the term where he's just, you could tell he was born strong. If he can keep his balance uh, um, and just take his time, I don't see why he can't be around 17 and eight. I really don't. Yeah. And I mean, and that, and that will come with maturity every down and he gets sped up or he tries to do a little too much, but if he just does what he does and just keeps it simple and plays that way. He'll be very effective right now. Um, then from a from a toughness perspective then obviously this team i think really kind of but have they going into the going into the off season did they kind of check off the boxes that you were looking for this team to check off i would like i mean right now i'm going to say i would like to say i'm going to say yes you know i think boswell in terms from a toughness standpoint is an upgrade over kirk Creesa. Hmm. Um, 
Carson's tough. Uh, you know, Jaden Bradley, I, I anticipate him coming in here for kind of with that, you know, SEC mentality a little bit and just being aggressive and kind of having a little bit of a dog in him. KJ Lewis, we haven't talked about all that mm-hmm. much. Um, you know, that's one thing he's known for is his athleticism, his physicality, does not look like a freshman. Um, so, right. he, so for, you know, uh, Kashad. So I definitely think the toughness uh, meter is going to go up. Um, and that's something that's so vital, you know, especially in league play and in tournament play. All right, let's get to K.J. Lewis because, again, you – by the way, Reg, did you know that K.J. Lewis uh, lived in Tucson for a couple of years growing up? I, 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 I did remember that. For some reason, I remember him – I thought I remember him being on a circuit a little bit younger than my son. Um, but it's nice that he's familiar. When he comes here, he'll be, he'll be comfortable. Very cool. All right, before we get to that, though, let's say – and I have got a true story here. Let's say that on the away games, you have no place to go watch the game. Come and join us at Tap and Bottle downtown. uh, They do a great job, and I'll tell you what. There's a very smart woman there that she goes there and she watches the game there and she brings her headset so you can listen to the goat Brian Jeffries and Reggie Geary or Rhino ha- Ryan Hansen, whoever's on there at the time. We'd love to see you down there. Tap and bottle downtown, support local and support great people right there. All right. KJ Lewis. To me, I, I, I want a player like KJ Lewis every single class in that he's about 6'4, he's athletic. Not a one-and-done type dude, but he can have that Jalen Clark, I think, type progression. Again, I don't want to say that he's going to be Jalen Clark because Jalen Clark was a monster. But freshman year, you kind of get acclimated. Sophomore year, you really start showing some potential. And then by the time you're a junior, it's all systems go. Yeah, and and for that to occur, he just he needs to be patient and, and trust the process of what's going on in in his life, and hopefully he has those people around him where he comes in this year, understands the system, understands his expectations of what Tommy is looking, you know, from him, and he and he embraces that and has a great freshman year because he has all the physical capabilities, offensively. I know I'm being told he's a little bit behind there, but they're very very promising signs. He could be a high end scorer at some point, but if he's patient believes in the process he's gonna have a great freshman year and he'll develop there you know too many times these kids um whether it's third party pressure or or whatever it doesn't happen immediately and they're in that portal so i'm hoping that's not the case that he's looking at this as a long-term plan and if it happens sooner it happens sooner you mentioned the portal is the portal a good thing it is it's a double-edged sword you know you always want to give the ability for Student athletes have the ability to leave universities if they're unhappy there, just as coaches have the ability to leave. Um, There just has to be some tightening up of the regulations in my – I don't think you should be able to do it every single year. I think if you're in conference, going from in conference, I don't think it should be immediate. There should be a one-year pause. Um, So clean up, but, um, you know, I I am a bit of NIL just for the freedom part of it. I'm, I think you hit the nail on the head. For me, it's I think you should get the one free transfer. And then after that, I think then you have to set out the year the traditional way. Um, because, again, sometimes, you know, uh, it's just not a good situation for whatever, for whatever reason. But if you get that one free year. But then after that, like you said, I mean, we got guys now that are transferring five times during their career. That to me is that to me is a little bit far right there. Yeah, no. Well, I think you've hit it right on the head as well. Just, uh, I think there just has to be some common sense rules put around it. So, it just gives the people pause to, before they jump in there. It, you know, without those without those things in place, they're just going to keep jumping around. All right, Henry Vasar. You mentioned him earlier. I'm I'm intrigued by I'm intrigued by Henry. Um, obviously, comes in plays a little bit. Um, and again, it's a little bit. Uh, game was a little fast for him, obviously, towards the end of the year. But I tell people this all the time. Henry Vasar can shoot. 
Um, if you're at practice, you can see it. He can shoot. But Reg, what I'm very intrigued by is you can tell that he can also block shots. He's got the seven five wingspan. He can move. He to me is kind of a real X factor that not a ton of people are talking about with all the new players coming in. I'm very interested to see what he can do this off or do this coming season. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Henry. He was a little bit, you know, he came in with a little bit of hype coming out of a big program in in, in Real Madrid over in Spain, uh, originally from Estonia, and so there were some expectations. And like you mentioned, the game was just a little bit uh, too fast for him initially. Um, I still think he was, you know, obviously getting acclimated to, to the, the the game in America and, and life in America. And so this year, it should be a more of a better indicator of what he can do. Um, and and now he has a, a year under his belt to kind of figure it out. Where you know, Henry is kind of one of these. He's one of these unicorns, you know, yeah. a seven footer who can shoot threes, can put it on the floor. Um, he's shown ability and, and practice to pass, to be a good passer. And so now it's just about confidence and, and getting more strength. And so this is going to be a big year for him. And I, I, you know, Tommy had mentioned, you know, he, they feel good about where he's at. They feel that now he's really able to kind of show maybe some of the promise that he came in with. I'm, when it comes to international players, I always say that I don't know. I'm not going to even try to project their first year because I, I just I just don't know. Some guys are able to come in immediately, like uh, like a Julius, who we'll get to in a minute, and they can play twelve. They can get twelve and eight. Some guys take a little bit longer. It's just such a it's a harder thing to project. So, you know, when, when you got like a Montias Crevis coming in, who's massive man, seven two two forty five. I don't really know what to expect. You know, he could be really, really good. He might need a little bit of time and you know what, Reg, that's okay. No, it is. It is. You know, um, you know, Krebus is uh, once again coming in with a lot of fanfare, um, kind of like you know Henry. Um, but yeah, when he gets here and he gets on the floor and he gets that first ballo, you know, elbow to the yeah. face, everyone's gonna look at him like, how is he gonna react? Right. The game starts picking up. It, is he able to, to, you know, situate his game and what we're doing here in America? Because as you mentioned, it's a different, it's a different mentality in America than it is overseas. Uh, it's, it's a much more aggressive, a much more, uh, I don't want to say selfish, but a much more one-on-one, one-on-one type game here. And it takes time from guys from overseas who are used to, you know, sharing the basketball, moving it around um, to kind of fit in. You always now listen. You came from modern day, obviously played for the great Gary McKnight, so you played against great players coming up. But when you got to Arizona. You were obviously on a loaded team. You could make the case that you entered a, a, a program that had the most loaded perimeter in school history, or it's certainly right in there with Damon, Chris Mills, Khalid Reeves, yourself. Um, was there a moment when you hit college and you're like, all right, yeah, I played really good level of competition, but this is even different? Yeah, well, I, I was fortunate, as you mentioned. I went to Monterey High School, so we already played like on the national schedule then. So I was already kind of seeing the, the top-tier, elite-level high school basketball. Um, uh, that summer, coming in, but even before college, Chris Mills pulled me aside, and I, I got played with him in the real run. And the real run back in L.A., I mean, you were seeing, you know, Adonis Jordan. You were seeing quality, really quality, good college players. Chris Chris Fairfax, right? Yeah, Chris Fairfax. Yeah, gotcha. And so, um, so I kind of had a, an inkling that I was going to be okay, but you never know because when I was in high school, I went to a UCLA-Arizona game. I remember looking on the floor for Arizona. They had Matt Offick, they had Matt Muehlbach, Chris Mills, they had Brian Williams, Sean Rooks, Ed Stokes. The whole team were like a bunch of grown men. Right. So I right. remember this is a different type deal. I'm really going to need to prepare myself. So having a little bit of a snapshot helped me on that first day of practice. Now, when you came in, obviously, um, like I said, you were on a loaded offensive team. Did coach talk to you about, you know, like that you had unique defensive skills and that's how you were going to get onto the court initially? Or was it just you just went there and you were yourself and you got onto the court? 
Yeah, it was, it was more the latter. I just was myself, you know. Um, I came into this situation, and that's kind of how I was in high school. I almost averaged a triple-double. Right. I was a big score. I did a little bit of everything. And competing in, in, in defense wasn't even something we talked about. It, it was expected of you. Right. So when I there and I, and I was just kind of myself, and everyone was like, hold on, this kid plays hard, like, all the time. Like, right. even pickup in practice. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't something to offer me. That's just how I always played. And I got admired for that. And I think that drew coach's eye and he started saying, okay, Hey, we can move this guy around. He can do some, he can do some different things to go along with all these shooters we have. All right. So then, um, and then we'll get to, to Bellis in a second, but so 95, 96, it's your, t- it's your team on the perimeter at that point. And you're going to be full-time point guard. A lot of questions. Damon's left, obviously um, not a lot of hype going into the season, what was it like, though, just for you knowing that, man, this is going to be my team. I'm playing point guard. And people forget, too, that you put up big assist numbers before your senior year as well. So you always had that in you. But what was what was your mentality knowing that, all right, these are my keys now? Uh, I, I just remember being hyper-focused, like, all right, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm the lead guy now. This is my senior year, my kind of my last chance to really do it with, with the group and with Coach O. And, and I just remember being hyper-focused. And I, and I think having the NIT in uh, New York City in the preseason, that was kind of like the first goal. So we were really goal-oriented that year. We're going to get yeah. to New York City. We're going to win that thing, you know, and kind of just take it step by step. And you got so, Iverson, you got Victor Page, you got all those dudes in front of you for sure. Yeah. And so, and so I just wanted to kind of prove to everybody, my our, our coaching staff, to our team, to everyone that, you know, I can be a lead guard. Um, I, I already kind of had the room in terms of uh, from a, from a cat. I was already a two year captain at that point. Yeah. So I kind of already had the room and I already worked hard. So now it was just showing that I had the ability to actually lead the team, you know, with the ball in my hand predominantly. And luckily it worked out. Did you guys have an idea you're going to be better than you were? Because remember, you guys went into the season unranked, which for Arizona was pretty much unheard of to that point, and obviously end up losing by two, I believe, to Kansas in the Sweet 16. But, Reg, you guys drastically outperformed, at least with the national expectation. Did you have an idea that was going to happen? I mean – we felt we were a good basketball team all four years we were here. So when they were kind of when they kind of took us out of the top twenty five without even seeing us, we thought that was pretty unfair. Um, but we felt we had a good team, and you know, yeah, you lose a Damon, but you know to go in and we, I think we beat Long Beach State in the first game with James Cotton, played Arkansas uh, at Arkansas and beat them there to get to New York, and then we start that really solidified like yeah. we we're, we're a top ten team, and we just kept going from there. What's your take now? Moving back to uh, this team, what's your uh, what's your take on Azulis at the next level? Um, I'll just I'll give my opinion. I don't know that he is an NBA player. I mean, he could certainly do it, but I'd love to have his future playing basketball either way because he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think Azulis is going to be fine. You know, I think he was a tremendous. He was a great college player. Anytime you're a player of the year in your conference, you, you've done a great job, and he did that. Um, you know, it, it, I, NBA or not. I, I don't really when you look it's at so him, tough to project for yeah, sure if you look at him you're going to say not really because he doesn't today's nba game it's all about stretching the floor i think he's he came in at six eight six nine without shoes so now he's looking more of a, as a four man yeah um, and he just doesn't stretch the floor enough in today's game 10 15 years ago he'd have been perfect um but you know to that point he can go overseas play for some euro league teams for 10 years make a lot of money and have a, a great career he is the great Reggie Geary. Again, Reggie, con- uh, congratulations on that award. I know you've won a lot of awards, but I'm, there's probably not one that you're more proud of in this one this past week, my guy. No, I, I appreciate that, Mike. It, it really was special for me and my family, and I appreciate you sharing with the audience. 
All right. He's Reggie Geary. Reg, we'll have you on again soon. As always, really appreciate your time, buddy. Always, always great, Mike. Everybody out there, bear down. All right, bear down. That's Reggie Geary right there. All right. Now, we're going to talk about what Reggie had to say, and I got a few thoughts as well. But first, got to pay the bills right here. BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And if you want to bet on Arizona, I would say go bet on uh, BetMGM. Take the over in Arizona football. I'm telling you, Arizona football is going to be good this year. And you'll thank me later for it. Just like we said last year, that Vegas was a little bit behind the curve. And Arizona basketball, I believe, will win the Pac-12 this coming year. Lots of good stuff right there. Now, let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now, and also one other thing, become a PHNX diehard. Check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership and receive exclusive content, discount on all events, merch, and access to the Discord chats. You can thank me later for it right there. Now, with uh, now we've got a bunch of stuff to get to here with Reggie Geary, um, but basically with stuff that Reg said. First thing is... And you can tell too. This team is going to be. Uh, this team's going to be significantly tougher this year. Um, and that's what Arizona had to do. We've seen now at the time. Uh, we've seen now a couple times where Arizona's played very, very well in the NCAA tournament. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's postseason, and it's just to be a. Uh, it's just a different. Um, it's just a different animal. Arizona needed to get guys in there that had that kind of mentality. And Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up the uh, the roster right here again, I'd like to bring this uh, talk about it. So look at this right here, Kylan Boswell, like we talked about, not a guy that I think probably should have played more minutes last year, and uh, but a tough dude. Umar Ballo, obviously, when you're a leader of men like Umar Ballo, you're a tough dude. Pella Larson, tough guy. Jane Bradley coming in for uh, Jane Bradley coming in for uh, uh, from Alabama. Listen, he was in the SEC. He was for all freshman conference player and six and three. I think you're going to see him be something like ten and four, and I think he's going to be really good defensively. Caleb Love. I think Caleb Love is going to be good defensively. I don't know that I have the expectations that I do for uh, the for him for the other three perimeter players, but I like everything that Caleb Love can do. And Kashad Johnson, this is the guy that I think is going to make a massive, massive difference. And uh, thank you, Jake Franklin. But Kashad Johnson, 6'7", 235. He has been there before, and not only has he been there before, he has embraced big moments, 13-4 and four in the championship game. And... um. Again, I think you're going to see a player that can be all conference, that can be 13 and seven, uh, maybe 12 and eight, something like that. He's got that. But again, it also goes to show you, too, that Tommy Gunn knows what he's doing. He has a uh, he has the ability to be able to uh, um, have some of these have some of this this roster, this overhaul 
be really, really good, and I was impressed by everything he did. Now, let's get into some of the remarks right here. Um, TLN, back the A, as you know. Jesse Johnson, you're the man, dude, and uh, mobile tech guest, all you guys, Brad Rich out there. Um, now, let's talk about uh, the out-of-conference schedule right here from TLN. TLN. I think Arizona has a good chance of beating Purdue as long as the rest stay out of it. I agree. One thing we don't like on this show is Big Ten basketball. We do not put up with Big Ten basketball on this show, and because mainly because it's a fraud. They might play really well during the regular season. I don't care, but they got Zach Eady coming back. Zach Eady's obviously awesome. But after that, it's a lot of guys that look like me. That is not good. Um, maybe in some avenues in life it would be good, but when you're playing high-level division basketball, you do not want four Mike Lukes surrounding an All-American. It's just not a good look. It's uh, You just don't want it. I think Arizona can absolutely beat Purdue, and, I mean, let's talk about it. You've got Michigan State. You've got Alabama. Uh, you got Duke. Arizona's going to find out a ton about themselves, and um, – and honestly, that's the way that it should be. And I, I, I was remiss in that. I should have brought that up to Reg because they always played the best schedules. I don't understand schools that don't want to play good teams out of conference. Nobody's ever going to say, man, yeah, we really like to put them into the tournament. But guess what? They lost to Duke. I mean, come on. I mean, you, it's all upside with games like this. Now, granted, you don't want to go 0-8. But when you're Arizona basketball, I don't think that you plan on going 0-8 against anybody. That's... You know, that's just not it is. We will get the schedule updated right here. I should have that right there. Now, uh, let's see. TLN. I think Arizona will beat Purdue, Wisconsin, and Alabama. They'll lose to Duke and MSU. And that's, you know what? You're probably right. And that is fine. You got three good wins right there. Uh, and then you got two losses. And nobody's holding the Duke and the Michigan State losses, <laughs> losses against you. And if they do, they don't know what they're talking about. And they're clearly people that don't back the A. And... That's not really what you want right there. But I uh, I just love that Tommy Lloyd's doing that, and I think he's going to continue to do that. Now, again, it takes two to tango. I get all that. But I think when you're Arizona and you reach out and you make a good effort, you're going to have schools that are going to be interested in playing it or, you know, looking and saying that's, uh, that's what you want to do. Now, uh, let's say, though, that you're having a hard time. Let's say you're watching these games and you're really amped and you're like, man, I can't go to sleep. You know the answer to it, ladies and gentlemen. OGs. OGs. All right. Now, here's the deal. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or up to enjoy. But again, OGs, uh, if you want to feel cool, they got you. If you need to get to sleep, uh, they got you as well. All kinds of great deals. Check it out. OGs. And one other one, too. FOCO. Now, I'd say, Mike, what's FOCO? Glad you asked. FOCO is the number one apparel thing for all Arizona sports. We've had Brandon Sanders on this show, the great Brandon Sanders, by the way. Happy birthday, my guy. And Brandon Sanders talked about how he got his U of A straw hat, which looks super cool, and he got it from FOCO. FOCO has always had our back for Arizona sports. They back the A, and they can have yours too. Get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using uh, code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHNX for 10% off. And yeah, uh, uh, Mobile Tech Support says we probably have the toughest non-conference schedule in the Pac-12. And that's something they're going to have to keep doing because, um, especially when the L.A. schools leave, 
you know, hopefully everybody knows my stance. I would I would much like to be in the Big 12. I would much prefer to be in the Big 12 and leave Jacob Franklin and ASU back here in the Pac-12, but whatever. Um, with the uh, But if Arizona were to stay in the Pac-12, they're going to have to get these kind of games because outside of maybe Oregon, is there anybody that's going to have a national resonance right there? You know, uh, Colorado, uh, Stanford, the – uh, California, they don't even care about sports. All of that is uh, necess- necessitates kind of going with that Gonzaga type approach where you got to ca- uh, schedule big games. And I think Lloyd's going to keep doing that. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Arizona uh, does go to the Big 12, do they continue this? I would like to say yes, because again, Arizona should Arizona should be able to compete with anybody. They can get the players they need. They've got the coaching they uh, they got the coaching they need. And Jervis Williams, I'm right about that. Cal, they don't even care about sports. Um, but that's kind of where Arizona is right there. Big thought, big big props though on what Tommy Lloyd, the Tommy Gun, has done. And I think you're going to see even more of that. I'm also in favor of scheduling Big Ten teams because. For whatever reason, they're viewed as being good in the NC, or they're viewed as being good wins or good losses, and they're not any good. So it's a can't lose situation if you're Arizona right there. All right, got to really thank Reggie Geary for hopping on here. Reggie is uh, Reggie is one of my three or four all-time favorite players at the U of A. Sometime I will go over my list of players, but nobody really cares about that now. Um, we're most likely going to have an emergency uh, live stream. Jacob Franklin was being smart on Twitter and said, is it really an emergency live stream if it's planned? Yes, Jacob Franklin, it is. Probably around 10 o'clock tomorrow, we'll uh, we'll be talking about the latest news. And I think Arizona basketball, we will have everything set by that point. But again, appreciate all the remarks. Uh, again, Reg, you're the man. Um, let's see here. No, it's No, it's not. Jacob Franklin. All right. One thing I got to tell you guys real quick about Jacob Franklin. He wants to start coming on the show, so he's going to start coming on the show, and he's going to be talking about the emergency broadcast. Jacob Franklin, we will debate this at time. Um, And mobile tech support, the biggest recruiting we've had in years is Tommy Lloyd. Is it basketball or football related? It's the only thing you get is that it's basketball. All right. On that note, Signing off. Be back with you tomorrow, probably at 10. Uh, keep an eye on Twitter at PHNX underscore Wildcats or an Iron Mike Luke. Uh, it has nothing to do with the conference. And uh, we will keep you all abreast of the situation. But as always, back the A. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.